Radio Show because politics this week in New Zealand has been uh, entirely cannabis themed for the past 24 hours. It is a huge watershed moment uh, in New Zealand politics vis-a-vis cannabis, and that is because the National Party has finally uh, pulled the collective stick out of their ass and admitted it's all right, guys. We can all just admit we're all Kiwis here. Let's uh, smoke a little for pain relief. Um, well, not smoke a little. Uh, yes, or not smoke oil only, which I was pointing out to Bonnie before essentially means dabs only. Um, <laughs> but, uh, hey, I'm down with that. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's. I was calling it Shane LeBrun Day, and I think it will go down in history. Uh, I think we will remember the 25th of July as Shane LeBrun Day because he is the medical cannabis awareness New Zealand advocate who, I'm not going to say single-handedly, but if it wasn't for a straight ex-army dude who, like, you know, pretended not to smoke it to uh, get in there and give him hell, uh, you know, National would never have sort of felt safe uh, we got to give a big shout out to the Drug Foundation for paying Curia Research, David Furrer's polling outfit, to conduct this new polling that we received this week because uh, no polling message gets through to National uh, better than one conducted by David Ferrer himself. And obviously the numbers are in. You can see in the way that National has just totally changed their tune. You can see in the way that Winston Peters mm-hmm. has changed his tune from, you know, like just always talking about I have no opinion and let's ask the public to actually defending cannabis users saying you know some of these people being criminalized are actually medical users um, all you know all of uh, this generational change that I guess we talked about 15 20 years ago where you know the people uh, who are my age would have to become the middle-aged you know white males in power before something happened well, geez, I never thought, because my dad's generation was saying that, and they were still messing it up. But uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I want to get all your guys' sort of reactions, because the there's a couple of sound bites here. You know, on, on the surface of it, uh, National made a cunning ploy, and it was only a matter of time because of the amount of... Um, foot dragging from labor on this issue and sort of over promising and under delivering on this issue it was only a matter of time before national saw the opportunity and took it and it took a bit of convincing but labor actually sat on their hands for bloody long enough that national finally came around and outflanked them now labor's trying to spin it god love them that um you know national's just being sticks in the mud and to some degree that is true National didn't have to shut down the select committee process just to sort of grandstand over their own bill, but by God, they deserve to because their bill makes the select committee process look like a joke. The constrained parameters that we even went into the select committee process with uh, makes labor look totally feckless on the cannabis issue. So... So there's 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 a bit of um, insult trading on both sides, which is legitimate. But Louisa Wall on Morning Report this morning completely embarrassed herself when she basically was asked by the interviewer, you know, why won't you add these better provisions of National's new bill uh, to the existing labor bill? And she said, well, I'm not going to add anything National came up with. Well, that's kind of what National's saying is they're not going to do anything <laughs> Labor came up with. So in the meantime, patients suffer. Um, but wow, National Party is prepared to issue California style medical cards through GPs. And no, there will be no loose leaf cannabis. 
but I think we all know that loose leaf, loose leaf cannabis is so uh, 20th century, if you know what I mean. Uh, there's a lot more technology out there now. Uh, as far as delivery methods go. I think we might say you're running for the National Party next year. Oh, dude, don't even say... <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't done any social media posts yet, but honestly, like, this is this is a weird feeling for us. Like, go national? I mean, Michael Woodhouse... Michael Woodhouse signed my DVD copy of Drug Law <laughs> when he was police minister, so, I mean, Michael's the health spokesperson. I've been saying in Michael's ear, just gut punch David Clark by saying yeah cannabis yeah. just do it man do it and they're doing it he's done it it's, uh, it's yeah. really yeah. not a good look for labor is it let's let Bonnie defend him <laughs> uh, okay I said it when the when labor's uh, medicinal cannabis bill came out it's not very impressive it really fails across all the fronts that I thought we could finally talk about and this was after they introduced it after um, Chloe Swarbrick's bill mm. which was absolutely lampooned by National by the way they whipped yes. their good, good point now this is a thing that I think deserves pointing out that National only a few months ago had the opportunity for a for a pretty good comprehensive bill that that apparently was miles away from anything they were ever willing to consider now just a few months later we're back with mm. almost exactly the same thing minus the growing of the plants yes. yeah. and the loose leaf cannabis so okay i mean that could be legitimate uh you would think that they could support it and then hash that out at select committee or you would think well, that this other not. stuff could have no. been hashed out at select committee clearly it can't uh, and even with the select committee, even if they were going to continue the process that they had already started, we wouldn't be getting a result until we're voting on the recreational referendum anyways. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, uh, it, that does give a little bit of disingenuousness to National. But at the same time, they had to get all their ducks in a row. And, and I think the one thing that we can all agree, like... It just seems like so profound, and what actually happened? Like, how did this happen? Mm. Remember, those poll numbers came out from Curia, and this is like the fourth set in a row that's over fifty percent. And personal decrim, including home growing for adult users, is up to sixty-seven now. That's like two-thirds majority. I mean, that's like even if Winston or somebody tried to pull some shit two-thirds majority referendum bullshit. We got this. And they're, they're releasing the questions for the referendum next month, aren't they? Is that right? Well, they better not be, because if they have the questions already picked, yeah. then they didn't actually consult the public. I mean, they're... Or, or, or is it the consultation pro pro process? Well, I would hope... I mean, I hope to hear about the consultation process as soon as possible. The, the most recent thing we've seen is, is Andrew Little saying uh, something about a citizen's jury. Yes. But that was just kind of a... Um, that was just an offhand comment. That was like a journalist saying, how come we haven't heard anything about the consultation process for the referendum? And him saying, oh, you know, in Ireland they did this for the national... And then the article goes, Andrew Little proposes citizens' jury. And then we're like, oh, yeah, they've got the question already. And no, they're actually still dragging their heels. Uh, but apparently New Zealand First and the Greens and Labour are meeting yeah. um, about how to go about that process and what to ask. And, and hopefully... I mean, in, in some ways, this um, broadside from National couldn't have been better timed because uh, if Labor has half a clue, they'll realize, okay, we fumbled the ball at many opportunities, but here's our one last chance to pick it up. Let's yep. do the referendum right. Yep. Let's support it. Uh, let's increase voter turnout. Let's, you know, let's, let's just, you know, um, bite the bullet 
and realize that this is good for us instead of trying to have it both ways. If yeah. they continue to try to have it both ways, National has triangulated them to the point where they'll be the ones seen supporting the referendum and they'll be the ones getting the turnout boost. Yeah. I, th <coughs> I, I, think, I think to me that... As as you were saying, it do, it does make national look a, bit, look a bit disingenuous as well. I think I think this epitomises what I always bang on about with democracy and two main parties competing for the competing for the vote, always trying to please the voters. And it's just so happened that New Zealand First and National have realised that nowadays a, a larger and increasing proportion of their older voter base is turning to cannabis as a, a, a means to be able to maximize their quality of life as their bodies begin to decay. That's right. But and they'll only believe that if they see hard poll numbers. That's yeah, how politicians yeah. work. And they've seen that now. Yep. Um, so, I mean, yeah, hopefully Labor... I mean, even Stuart Nash, who's kind of the most prohibitionist in Labor, was yep. saying he would probably vote for decriminalization. So at least he, you know, wasn't an idiot and thought, oh, I'll attack National for liking weed. That'll be great, because yeah. that will not work <laughs> for them. Um, yes, uh, I think... It's yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be a big issue. I mean, what do you think, Viv? You've been a young nat. You've yeah. been supportive of this issue. Um, what's what's the buzz among the nats? I mean, you say the nats conferences it's, this week, and yeah. I kind of described this paradigm whereby once people realize it's okay to talk about, we jump very quickly from tentative decriminalization to let's cash in on the green rush. Mm -hmm. um, wh what have you been hearing from inside national? I think everyone's quite excited because it's been talked about for such a long time, putting together a comprehensive bill that National can support. And, um, yeah, seeing it sort of coming out of our sort of health spokesperson, Michael Woodhouse, is even more exciting. <coughs> a Dunedin-based MP, which is pretty cool. He well knows out. the argument, yes. Yeah, and you've obviously been in his ear quite a bit over the years, which is good. <laughs> um, but I think the young Nats are very, very excited about it. Excited yeah, well, to, the um, young Nats, like, you know, it really involved. gives them, they're like the cool kids again. Uh, <laughs> now hang out with um, Axe <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. social events. Uh, yeah. Um, you can no, be seen in public with the ACT candidate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, this is one thing that I kind of, um, you know, uh, just identified in terms of let's game out to uh, 2020 election strategy, because this is obviously what National is starting to do now. Um, David Seymour uh, basically hasn't really had a win. There's no wind in his sails. Uh, he's keeping the seat warm as a placeholder, but... He, and he's always been restrained on cannabis because he's always kind of thought, for whatever reason, either the people funding the party or the national mates that he needs to give him the nod in Epsom won't like it. Now, if he's got the nod to take the gloves off on cannabis, basically he can go even further than the Greens. He can really embrace the the true libertarian cannabis ethos that you know his few party members subscribe to. And um, it could be, you know, the... The left over-promising and under-delivering and, and being sort of a lackluster voting option is what's led to these alt-right populist surges that we've seen in basically every other country. Now, there's nobody who would be, you know, the apparent um, person to do that in New Zealand other than David Seymour if he hadn't sort of been made such a joke of himself in the last couple of months. But by keeping the seat warm and and still, you know, having that natural space like if he were to take the gloves off on cannabis act could really i mean there's tons of um you know disaffected alt-right 
flat earthers out there who used to vote ALCP that would totally vote ACT if they went hard on cannabis. I, I am I'm reasonably sure that that wouldn't won't end up happening as much as I'd like it to. As much as I'd like to see ACT take a really hardline stance on cannabis. I mean, I mean, it it, it may. But, but how would yes, David Seymour no, really feel? Like, how is he going to look you in the eye, Sam, if National is is better on cannabis yeah. than Act? Exactly. I mean, that, that's that's the thing. I mean, I, I don't consider myself completely tied to any sort of uh, ideology or party. I, I, I you might like, be voting like National. I'm, I'm, I'm an issues-based person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I will side with whomever represents my own. Who's going to advance New Zealand at the time yep. of history that we're in? Yeah. I, I think da- David Seymour is a really intelligent and principled person, but he is also the MP for Epson. Yeah, and <laughs> right. And, the, and the, the, thing, the thing with ACT is, I think I think that we are, have not been making too many waves because we don't have that that safety in numbers. Where if if Seymour does start making waves, which I am an advocate for because I do love a bit of controversy, uh, the the waves that that creates could be small enough to wipe him out more easily than most parties because yep. he is the only one, and, and he is very mindful of that I think and um, the, the, the focus is on growing the party rather than on well if he's not going to be our alt-right populist then that basically leaves Paula Bennett uh, so yeah. I don't know <laughs> Judith Collins uh, yeah maybe yeah. Well, I think Winston scrapes up a lot of the he does he does yeah. actually Winston I mean to see Winston going from I've never even heard of cannabis ask the public to, you know, these are good people, these cannabis users. I'm like, Winston, we could have been hanging out months ago. Uh, Well, so Shane LeBrunde goes down in history. Uh, We'll have to see what else happens. But let's talk about some other uh, things in the in the New Zealand uh, political news. Um, What what else sort of uh, has jumped out at you guys? Uh, well, just uh, yesterday, a bill passed to give uh, victims of domestic abuse 10 days off of work to relocate oh, or take okay. any time they need or get treatment or, you know, um, sort their side of the... And did that have cross-party support? Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah nice. I think it passed with flying colours. So nice. Seymour vote for it? Seymour hmm? vote for it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah, this is the modern era that we're in. Like, some stuff just isn't controversial anymore. Mm, mm. Um, now, if only Labor and National could could be uh, cross-partisan when it came to... But, you know, I mean, this is the weird thing that I've noticed since I've lived in New Zealand. I mean, I didn't have any magic crystal ball. I'm just a person who loves to smoke cannabis. But ever since I've got here, I've noticed that it's this strange political football like it's used Mm. as a weapon Mm. in New Zealand politics I just thought I was moving here this guy Nandor got into parliament we were all Rasta now and everything (laughs) was hunky dory you know 100% pure clean green utopia but not so but um, in every election since there's we've seen the synthetics you know we've seen the and and of course Labor and National are still grappling with, you know, how can we wound each other over cannabis, even though we're all actually on the same page. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully by 2020, we'll, you know, maybe we won't even need a referendum. Maybe we'll just be like, uh, duh. Cause I, cause I, th- I think now, as as you say, it's kind of it's 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 reached the 
state of play and the pieces have been yeah. are out in such a way that it seems as though the only way is to go aggressively forward with it where Labour's been put into this position where they can either as, as you say they fumbled the ball they can either now agree with National and go further to try and keep their identity or even if they do simply agree with National it's still a hell of a lot of progress for the medicinal cannabis especially if we end up having the God. cannabis cards from the GPs I mean that that Oh my yes. God! That's all of us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Even though there's been, it's petty politics at this point. It is pretty historic that mm. everyone's talking about it. I mean, yep. there's a gr- there was a green bill, there's a labor bill, now there's a national bill. So well, and this I'm is what real. we found at this hemp. Con- yeah, I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> I, imagine <laughs> if the New Zealand first. Imagine if New Zealand first puts a private members bill for like <laughs> full on commercialization <laughs> or Ron something. Marks, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I've been to California and they're making some money. <laughs> But but that you know that was the thing at this uh, hemp conference that I went to. Like, once you realize, oh, okay, it's safe to actually be associated with this because prohibitionist reefer madness is actually a beat up. We we can allow these poor suffering patients to have medical cannabis. It's like, well, what else can this amazing plant? Do? You mean it's more valuable than dairy and wheat and well. Why aren't we making money? I mean, it's just its just not that once you get over the reefer madness, everything else follows very quickly. So um, call me, Michael. Call me, Louisa. Uh, I can solve all your problems. We've got a great uh, working model of what the cannabis industry commerce looks like down at Fakamana. Uh, and our new cafe is going to open up on Monday. So watch that space. I've, I've heard very good things about the current cafe or the former cafe. Or whichever. Yeah, the new cafe will be equally good. And um, there is also uh, rumors of a secret nightclub underneath um, with killer raves. So I don't know anything about that. But, um, That's exciting. Yeah. So let's listen to some music. And when we come back, we will uh, have a little bit more chat before leaving you for another week. And thank you for celebrating this momentous occasion with us. We salute you, Shane LeBrun. <laughs> Make National smoke that cannabis. <laughs> You're on the one. This is Swidden. I've got to stop and profile. Fire in the belly here at Politrix. Uh, we are talking about oh, referenda. And uh, Bonnie, uh, you know, brought up the um, idea of this, this uh, citizen's jury. Andrew Little was uh, asked the other day about the um, consultation process for the referendum and kind of off the cuff he said, uh, you know, we could use a citizen's jury um, sort of uh, mechanism like they did for the Irish abortion referendum. I didn't really like the sound of that because that sounded like just picking a handful of randoms who may or may not really know anything about what they're talking about uh, to decide what the referendum question is. Uh, But that led us uh, on to the wider topic of uh, compulsory voting. Uh, You know, should uh, in things like a referendum or even just the general election, should everyone who is legally eligible to vote be forced to vote? And, you know, thinking uh, on the level of the cannabis referendum, what would that mean for us, uh, you know, if, if everyone was forced to vote instead of just people who wanted to vote? Well, you'd imagine that, uh, you know, certain anti-older right-wingers who hate cannabis who probably wouldn't have bothered to vote against it, uh, you know, if they're compulsory required to vote in the referendum, would vote against it. Uh, but then again, of course, there's all the people uh, who, you know, are on our side who never turn out, uh, who 
you know, you would hope would turn out for a cannabis referendum. But then again, if they didn't, then that could be a bit, bit of a problem. So by forcing them to turn out, that might equally cancel out on other referenda for other issues that, um, you know, matrix of probabilities might be different and, and less favorable. But uh, the idea of compulsory voting... Um, what do you guys think? Well, first of all, with the citizens' jury, <laughs> so the whole uh, the whole point of it is you take about I think it's fourteen people. I might be really wrong. Uh, they get taught about just across the board. Every issue is raised to them by experts. They get informed on on left to right everything to do with the issue, and then they they make their findings. And so, uh, for example, in Ireland with the abortion issue, it was split ten five in favour of decriminalisation or legalisation, uh, and that's just a guiding line. For the public who still vote, right? So it's yeah, it's like an, it's it's a, it's a. Example. But if they were split ten five, then mm. obviously there's moral judgment coming into play because well, I'm fairly certain the evidence is uh, you know absolutely that abortion should be legal. <laughs> yeah, like definitely there is, and that's what happens in the voting booth. So I guess it's it's yeah, it's it's a mixture of being absolutely educated to the point where you know that's the most they can educate a person on the issue, but they're still a person, they still had experiences, they're still going to have different views. But Australia. Just leading away from the citizens' jury point, Australia has had compulsory voting since the 1920s, I think, yeah. ages ago. And they have never had an election or a referendum below 90% turnout. And I think our last election, which was lauded as a, a little bit more, you know, there was a youth quake, there was a higher youth turnout, quake. it was 79% <laughs> of uh, enrolled voters. Mm. So if that's our youth quake, if that's our good turnout year, it's not getting everyone's voice in. So, uh, and if you if you don't turn up to the election, if it got compulsory voting, it's two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, in Australia, it's pretty funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you just never turn up, I think you get like a, a sort of a stupid jail sentence of like three days or something <laughs> like that, which is just you know a criminal record is never good, so it How sort good. of encourages people to get along to the booth. But yeah, I don't know. It would be cool in New Zealand to encourage more people to vote yes. just by their own accord. But, yeah, compulsory voting's an, an interesting issue, I guess. What if we did, like, Australia and anyone who had ever lived in any other country couldn't participate in politics at all? <laughs> That'd be classic. <laughs> sounds, a bit, sounds a bit xenophobic then, there. Then, I think, uh, then I think the quality of our politics would probably uh, go down considerably. Down the Google. Uh, um, but compulsory voting, I mean, yeah, there's... There's pros and cons. We were discussing off-air, like, I mean, in an ideal society, every adult human is brought up to a level of education and civic responsibility by the time they, they reach that age of enfranchisement that they can meaningfully exercise their one man or woman and one vote. Yes. Uh, but... We all know that's not the case. You'd dream that everyone just read every policy from every party and made it a, a very, very conscious choice to devote for. But or even knows day, like, how to think critically yeah. and make decisions beyond, you know, food and sexual pleasure. I mean, that's uh, seems to be where we're at. Yeah. How many how many voters do you think are capable of that critical thought, though? And how, how or how many do you think vote based on a position of critical thought? Oh, I would argue I, very few. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, I I always sort of tend to assume that most people kind of know the same level of... Most people, I think, assume that most people have the same level of knowledge and information as they do. I mean, we've all sort of cobbled together our worldview from yeah. open source information. Therefore, why shouldn't anyone else be able to come to the same conclusion? But... I think if they you play a bit more video games, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think if you start to focus 
on do they have critical thinking, do they have uh, X, Y, Z. It kind of academizes politics, which it shouldn't be really. I know well, that it, it, be, it, but it, isn't it politics necessarily academic? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it isn't because everyone has the right to vote currently. I maybe some people yes, in this is. room it would is. want it to is. change. Well, that. it's what we call representative <laughs> democracy. You know, it's not survivor. It's like we pick the most smartest guy who can help us not descend into anarchy. Yes, but they, but they don't do that. People, people vote for. Who's for who seems the most likable? For who seems to who, who's who's promising them the most money? There was a really interesting article the other day. I think it was on Vox or Medium or something like that, talking about uh, the case for an epistocracy, which is where the where people who are more politically literate or intelligently, there's, there's a somewhat general term, their votes are worth more. And personally, I think that that is a sensible system because I I, I think that. Someone who spends hours poring over the policies of the different parties and actually learning about the different pol political philosophies and the pros and cons of each, their, their vote is worth the same amount as someone who goes, oh, I look like I could have a... Jo John Key looks like I could have a beer and a barbecue with him. And, 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 and to me, that is not right. I, d I think that, as I said before, you need a license to drive a car, you should need a license to decide the future of the country. I How don't many think people do you think you'd give these licenses out to? Just give me an estimate. Well, you could give them to Of the population, Every how many MP. people? Well, I, don't think, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how many people would, would want to go and get them, because that's the thing. It, 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 it limits voting to people who actually are willing to take the initiative to be enabled to vote. And so they'd have to take what a, t a test to test how... Yeah, probably. But, but that, so uh, I, I am aware that a lot of issues then arise here because oh, so the test many. is being set by people with a gender and whatnot. But, I, but philosophically, oh, I think that it's fully the right thing. Well, and, uh, but philosophically, the converse to that is actually having every adult citizen at a level of education where they can meaningfully... Yeah. I mean, just increasing civic education and participation would maybe allow us to but i mean i see the point that sam is making it's it's frustrating when idiots elect people like trump and yeah, then the world goes to shit um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know at the same time it's a slippery slope and you have to think of what if the shoe was on the other foot how you know uh that's why we have the checks and balances but in some ways our political system you know is an epistocracy in some countries more than others money's a factor education's a factor you know you don't see um any many poor brown people you know as representatives you don't um yeah you basically there there is already massive structural barriers mm -hmm. uh to m participating in the process in a meaningful way your vote you know let's be honest, is not necessarily the most meaningful political well, thing that you can do. Well, voting, voting on the whole statistically is a highly irrational process anyway because of, I mean, there, there have been studies that have worked out the likelihood of your vote actually making any difference on the outcome of an election and the odds are just hilariously small. <laughs> I mean... I hate that rhetoric. You kind of got to <laughs> suspend disbelief that your vote will actually mean nothing and your existence means nothing. To believe in that people can. This sounds well, very Well, why? Much like if a it's just statistically style. true, so why just go, this means something? But, but, but to be fair, me. to be fair, coming from a, a position of, you know, having been a very ide idealistic uh, political actor myself and um, basically, um, you know, if. 
if you really want to change something, you have to do more than just vote. Yeah. You have to kind of get in there and try to affect the system yourself. But if you want to do that, if you choose, like, say, I have chosen to do to enter the political system and put yourself up as a candidate, then immediately you have to transition from trying to do what is right to trying to convince idiots to vote for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam, you believe in individual freedoms. Why do you not believe in people should, every single person, if they're over 18 and they're a citizen of New Zealand, should be able to vote? They should all be free to... They should all be free to pursue the test or, 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 or whichever... whichever <laughs> or, 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 or to, or to, to the acquire test. the licence <laughs> to vote. But, I mean... That, 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 that's like saying you believe in individual freedom shouldn't everyone be able to get behind the wheel of a car without a licence I mean, well, I think Hank does believe that, don't they? I don't uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> D- depends who you ask. I, I think it just absolutely takes the wind out of people's sails and just imagine the uproar and the disgust if only a certain amount of New Zealanders who have passed an intellectual assessment It doesn't have to be an intellectual assessment they just, all, all, all it wouldn't necessarily <laughs> I mean I like, ultimately, I think that if you did leave the running of society up to intellectuals or, or, or more intelligent people, I think that you would probably get better outcomes oh than God. the tribalism that we have at the moment. Oh we could give it over to artificial intelligence, who then determines oh, that us humans are totally superfluous <laughs> and wrecking uh, the And planet. I'll start with the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but the... I, 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 just, I just think that we us we're in a system where so little can be done because the entire political process as abe says is about convincing idiots to vote for you whereas if if we could have a system that was far more based on policy and and philosophical analysis and critical thought about issues i think that it would lead to an infinitely more productive and rewarding and engaging society well let's think about our political heroes Jacinda for you Bonnie (laughs) Um, you know every bad thing is basically her forced to dumb stuff down to try to get votes better and you know it's like it's it's soul destroying essentially mm. uh, I speak from experience yeah. uh, I'd, I'd after like one to election <laughs> I can agree it's soul destroying okay alright this may sound very naive I'm prepared. I'm prepared, I'm prepared <laughs> no, to receive I'm, that critique. <laughs> I just, off the bat, hate the idea of calling people stupid and like idiots. That's what. That's top. That's Gareth yep. Morgan's kind of totally. Um, oh, to kind of fob off blame for not getting votes and to fob off blame for the country going wrong. Because uh, this is maybe very naive. The way that I like to look at democracy in New Zealand, their vote it is their layman's right to have a vote for New Zealand's future because they exist in New Zealand. If they, if they exist in New Zealand, they work and they or they don't, they still have a right to have a say. And maybe they're not... They haven't spent painstaking hours looking over policy, but they still live and breathe and eat and right. so what, but what? Yes, no, no, what you're describing is politics is the art of compromise. Compromising, quite, but sure. compromising with quite. the public. <laughs> what is the public willing to accept? You know, you have to compromise... Even if you are totally educated and know the right answer, mm-hmm. you have to compromise with people who know nothing about it, oh. who have taken no time to research it at all. How about here's the and thing, you have though. to compromise. There with could them. be two votes. One per one by Vivian, who is very well educated on the on the issues, and he's gonna choose very consciously to vote for national. Versus someone who would not pass in, in Sam Purchase's ideal world, <laughs> an intellectual test who thinks what about it or an intellectual form. <laughs> you said you intellectual. Need to be <laughs> Maybe it could just be like name three policies from any party. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's still like a, it's still an unnecessary boundary. But anyway, a person who didn't pass a test, who would still elect to vote for National, uh, maybe because they liked John Key like 10 the years blue, ago. Like the colour blue, like yeah. barbecues. And it's still the same vote for the same party. So maybe your issue is with the parties. Because uh, an informed person could vote maybe for Maybe you should get one vote for your local representative and one vote for the party that you like the most. Uh-huh. Uh, I can just want to be like the representative. Eh? <laughs> I just, I just, uh, we'll I, yeah, the I just line. hate. <laughs> well, you know what they say about democracy. Um, it's the what's the quote? It's um, it's good. It's the worst system we've got, but it's better than anything, everything else. Or that that's not the yeah. correct quote, but Something it's like uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we muddle along, just uh-huh. like we have here at uh, Radio 1 for decades, Um, and we're glad that you're here to listen to us, but hopefully this has stimulated some discussions, uh, you know, in your flat, in your uh, uh, citizenship test study group, uh, (laughs) because Campus Watch is coming to quiz you, and you will be excluded from society if you don't pass. Uh, (laughs) You're on the one, 91FM Politics. Thanks for being with us for another week, and... uh, yeah, sharpen your political tools and uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it.